0: Wow, what welcome back to Serie A, everybody. Mickey here with a little mini-sode for all of our Serie Chronicles Tifosi tied you over until Mina and I get together again next week. Gosh, though, what a, a restart to the Serie a season. I don't think Mina and I really talked about enough on the podcast this week about sort of the nature of what was happening with this round of games. Serie a does this basically every year. It comes back after the winter break with a sort of calendar of games, a full round of games spread through a full day. And normally that's scheduled for Epiphany um, for the 6th of January, which is a a Christian holiday. And so it's a day off work for everyone initially, and they schedule the games all through the day. So starting from lunchtime all the way through to the end of the evening, and it turns the holiday into a big sort of sport watching day as well. Um, But because Epiphany falls on... The Friday this year and because the World Cup has squeezed up the schedules, they decided, well, no, we've got to do it a bit earlier, the restart, we've got to start on the fourth. And just sort of not respecting at all, frankly, the the fact that that's a work day for most regular Italians. They just schedule games the same as they would for Epiphanies. They had games for lunchtime, which did mean some slightly odd dynamics in the stadium. So there were some empty seats in those earlier games that wouldn't have been empty if this had been played on a normal day but from a, a tv watching standpoint from a journalist's standpoint in in my case it was an extraordinary um day because yes we had you know the world cup where it was four games in a row in the group stage or you know four in blocks of two on the last round of the group stage but for Serie A's return, we got 10 games in blocks of two all through the day. So five games, well, 10 games in two at a time, but effectively you could watch five back to back to back to back to back. And it felt like the action just did not stop, right? Like, um, starting the day, I mean, I was two screening all day, but starting the day with, um, Milan and, and, reigning champions of course and Raphael Leao, who always seems to start a year fast within 10 minutes gets that goal and he's combining with Tonali and it's brilliant and Tonali scores the next one and it looks like Milan are going to run away with it and even Tamori gets it on the end and, and gets the ball in the net but it's allowed and, and then suddenly at the end this sort of dramatic turnaround with Bonazzoli's goal and and Actually, and making it close, making it scary for Milan. And at the same time as that, you had Sampdoria, by the way, beating Saswala, really nice performance, strong performance from, from Sampdoria after what's been a really difficult season for them so far. I mean, they'd scored six goals in total through the 15 games before the World Cup break. They scored two to, to beat Saswala. So they've already, you know, a third of the goals they scored in the entire season in a single game. So right from the beginning, you know, what a start to the day. Then you had, Atalanta's two-goal comeback against Spezia with the, a pass like equaliser in second half injury time. You go on to the two Rome clubs playing and you've got Lazio upset by Lecce and then Tammy Abraham clearing off the line in the last minute for, for Roma against Bologna to keep the win for them. Then it's Juventus and Eric Milik to score. Uh, that was also an injury time, wasn't it? Certainly right at the death goal for them to, to beat Clemoneza, who had what, seven points all season, have won a game all season. But at the same time, look at Juventus' recent record. It's, I think, seven games in a row now that they've won without conceding a single goal. So Allegri Ball, alive and well, I know Mina was delighted as she is always when it's a a grim 1-0 win. That's her bread and butter. She loves Allegri Ball. And then we go on to the evening and with apologies part that you know, which was on at the same time, there was a very clear sort of headline event to the evening, which we, of course, talked about on the podcast, which was Intel against Napoli. And I was pretty sort of clear, wasn't I, on the podcast how much I was looking forward to watching Napoli again, this sort of free-flying, brilliant Napoli we'd seen through the first part of the season, the last unbeaten team in, in Europe's top five leagues. And I thought... As a game, it was, it, it lived up to the hype. I found it a really compelling game, but, but Napoli really didn't. Um, and it's still the puzzle that I'm, uh, reflecting on as, as I sort of think on the game now that it's finished. Was this just into being brilliant or was it also Napoli not being quite at the races and not being in the place that we, saw them at the end of last year and and those are two things to, to to pull apart I guess but certainly on the Inter side of it and that's the side I want to focus on I thought they were brilliant, I thought they were absolutely wonderful in this game and, and fully deserved the points right from the start allowing Napoli to have the ball, that wasn't a, a big surprise but really going for the, the, the jugular whenever they had the chance, I mean the first few minutes of that game it felt like there was just a constant stream of Inter chances, there was and there was Damian firing over. There was Dimarco had a chance. You had Lukaku firing over, and it it was a really sort of neat sort of case study in that um, again letting Napoli have the ball, but being sort of coiled spring ready to explode forward and, and attack every time. And and it felt to me at that moment I thought, is this going to be what they regret? Right, you know, and you've had all those chances at the beginning of the game. You didn't take them. You're playing Napoli. They're they're brilliant. We know they are. Is it going to come back to haunt you? But, but it just didn't. And, and it was really all through this game, just so much to be impressed with by enter. I thought they did a really sort of, um, nuanced job through the game of sometimes bringing that press very aggressively onto Napoli and sometimes actually just sitting off and and and, and being deep and, and and that sort of alternation not being one thing but being fluid being different things throughout the game become a member at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content hey, L'Inter ha battuto il Napoli per 1-0. Ha deciso. La rete di Elinzeco all'undicesimo del secondo tempo. Prima sconfitta per la capolista in campionato. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.